Hello, welcome to Not Think Outside the Box Set, the podcast that's about learning to appreciate an artist that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed, because it's not that. It's actually something different, you may have noticed. Um, this week, Cameron is at the Kauai Old Time Festival, the place where they traded all their internet routers for banjos. It's so old time. This is this is their slogan, actually. You can get this printed on a t-shirt. It says, we're so old time, we don't even have internet. And so we were not able to record an episode this week. And we're never crazy about just having an empty week with no, you know, nothing to share with people. None of that hot, hot, fresh content to serve up to y'all. So I spoke to Cameron. I pitched him like, hey, maybe we should share an episode of our weekly mini show for supporters. And he liked that idea. And he said, hey, maybe we should uh, share this episode, number 24, in which Cameron and I talk about the Lego Batman movie and the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia called Mac Finds His Pride. And uh, this is a pretty t- typical, like, representative example. I think this is, like, one of our best episodes, probably. But it's, it's this is basically the format we have where we each have, like, one thing that we're generally talking about. But we have many digressions and we name check a bunch of other stuff. And maybe we give ourselves a little bit more license to speak freely because it won't be on the public Internet. So we can really dish. Um, and it's, it's a little bit old. It's from February of 2019. But you know what? It's just, it's, like, so timeless you know that it's probably it probably doesn't even matter like it might even be more relevant now than it was when we recorded it so yeah you you won't be missing out and um yeah we just wanted to share it with you and uh you know what is 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 it a bit self-serving to give you a sneak preview of paywalled content and then say that you can find more at our patreon at support.boxset.website would that be like self-serving or self-motivated or self-interested no no, no, not at all. I have to say, not even a little bit. I don't even know why you'd bring it up, honestly. That's it's it's a little insulting. Um, so yeah, if you want to have more of this kind of little mini show, go to support.boxset.website. Two dollars or more gets you access to all of our bonus content, including all the ones where we watch like movies, the ICP movies, Mamma Mia, etc. But until then, thanks for listening, y'all, and we'll come back at you with a real episode next week. And until then, enjoy this little mini show. <clears throat> do, do, do. Whoops. Wrong That's one. the wrong that one, asshole. not it. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Hey, everyone. It's What's in the Box Weekly. Or is I'm it? starting it this time. Listen, listen to me go. Oh, vroom, vroom. I'm, I'm totally ready. I'm totally ready to host it this time while Nathan grabs my sound samples. Ew. Uh, so this is, uh, you already know what this is. This is the show where we talk about the things that uh, we've been consuming, um, sometimes literally, uh, mostly just uh, metaphorically. And it's uh, media or content that we uh, like or dislike or meh. Um, I'm Cameron DeWitt. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I am. Let's you hear it. Let's give it up for From school. Me. Who it's are that you? Guy. It's that guy that everybody loves. Breakout hit character, uh, the Mister Nathan. Say your uh, catchphrase. Hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> <laughs> love that i thought you were gonna say uh boy howdy i'm about to pop my top oh that's another <laughs> one that, that uh, that's also good yeah <laughs> so uh i'm gonna talk about what's in my box first uh theo and I, I know i'm late to the party but theo and i yesterday 
uh-huh. Theo was home, my four-year-old party. Uh-huh. And uh, we watched the Lego Batman movie. Oh, I've heard that is good. It was really good. Uh, I would go so far as to say as, that it's the only good Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, hot takes here. <laughs> Have you seen the Tim Burton one? Or the, uh, the actually, I haven't. Ones? I've never seen the Tim Burton ones, the okay. uh, Batman or Batman Returns. Are those good? Um, it's been a long time since I've seen them. All right. Um, I could see those. I could imagine those being fun. Um, yeah, people seem to think. Uh, uh, what's his face? Um, what is his face? Michael Keaton. Nolan. Christopher Nolan. People seem to think he makes good movies, but I wonder he have they considered not. that he makes bad movies? <laughs> On the other hand, he's, I'm pretty convinced that he is an alien that just wants to know human love. <laughs> and all of his movies are like, what is human love? <laughs> I don't understand. What am love? <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's uh, a, time he's a real space Mark Ghosts? Zuckerberg. Didn't we see Time Space Ghosts with you? Time Space, space Ghosts. Time Ghosts? Um, I think so. We saw it at the IMAX, didn't we? Yeah, in Philly, uh, Phil. in, in Philly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird movie. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I guess people have like a, a lot of beef with Christopher Nolan for having like a fascist Batman, and then a lot of people in general think that Batman is a fascist character. Um, I don't necessarily know. Is that just because he has a lot of money and he's a, he has enough resources and power to like? just make whatever reality he wants exist. I think is that what I think specifically what I've heard about it is that the dark Knight is a, an allegory of the George Bush presidency. There's the, uh, there's the illegal wiretapping of every single citizen's phone that happens yep. in that movie as a way to catch yep. bad guys. And that yeah. pretty closely they tracks, try to address it in, in the movie. Yeah. It pretty but. closely tracks with, um, the uh, whole like NSA spying and Patriot Act kind of bullshit that uh, Bush pulled. So, you know, the closer he gets to Bush, the closer he gets to fascism. So I'm not surprised that people would be saying that about him. Right. Uh, So also like those movies have just like a bunch of like weird plot holes and like contrivances that are Mm -hmm. just really stupid. Um, Like the whole procedural thing with the, uh, the bullet that goes in the pillar and he like somehow reconstructs it and then is able to, with his digital reconstruction, like find a fingerprint. I don't know. It was just like, what, (laughs) which movie is that? Do you remember that? Yeah, that's in the dark night. Like someone shoots a bullet into a, a wall and he takes he somehow like takes a brick out of the wall where the bullet hit and like takes it home and then like re- reconstructs the, uh, the, the fingerprint so that he can run a fingerprint match. Wait, why is there a fingerprint on a bullet anyway? What? Exactly. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I totally the, forgot The fingerprint that would be on the, on the, like, the shell, <laughs> you know? Well, if anything, not on, if if anything, yeah. If I mean, Joker's constantly wearing gloves, so like, it's the it's from the Joker too. I think probably. I don't oh, remember. Shit, dog. No, I think it was from someone else. Um, huh. It's from this like uh, crazy guy who the Joker hired. Anyway, that's so insane. like those those movies are have a lot of fun moments, but I think they're kind of problematic. And also, the character of Batman, I think, is just like pretty problematic. Um, I'm boring. This is like a broody, like, yeah, and boring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And this movie does 
a fantastic job at um at addressing why Batman is so shitty um, and making fun of him the entire time. And ah. it does a great job. That sounds fun. <laughs> so it's really, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, he's like, uh, at one point, uh, so Barbara Gordon um, uh, becomes the new commissioner um, and she's voiced by uh, Rosario Dawson. That's how that works. Um, you got to pass yeah. it on to your children when <laughs> yes. you're police commissioner. <laughs> um and uh i know that happens in the comics i'm not trying to shit on the movie yeah (laughs) but it is fabulously dumb yeah yeah it's stupid (laughs) who who has the who's the true heir yeah of gotham city police commissioner do they follow pre Um, pre pre primogeniture or is it just like a uh, whoever proves their worth the most right you have to pull the uh the 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 Glock from the, um, from the stone. Oh, oh, it's so it's like a, it's like a Dalai Lama kind of situation where they, they lay a Glock and a baby rattle and a piece of bread out on the <laughs> clock in front of the child and whichever one they choose, that's who yeah. becomes the new commissioner out of the children. It's kind of like the has. avatar actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like the Dalai Lama. It's like the avatar. Yeah. <laughs> from the hit movie avatar. <laughs> anyway uh so she she says like um i'm you know i'm unveiling my new uh my new it take takes a village not a batman uh initiative <laughs> where she's she basically wants like batman to comply to stop being a vigilante and to like work with the police force um and so she like has all these Iron other Man things situation. that she's yeah, she's going to do all these other things to like uh, make Gotham a better place that are more systemic and actually make sense. And at one point she says, Gotham doesn't need an unsupervised adult um, beating up poor people in a Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> this is a line in a children's movie. That is great. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman, is played by Will Arnett. Um, and basically... <sighs> Basically, the movie is about how he is so self-centered and so um, self-focused because he is in grief from his parents dying, which is the story of Batman. Like, that is why he is the way he is. And the movie is about basically him getting a surrogate family together um, or a surrogate family coming around him and saying phrasing and, and and intervening uh-huh. uh, and telling him um, you, the way the reason you are the way you are is because you haven't like addressed your grief um, and you're afraid of like being in a family again. Um, but that's the way you so- that's the reason you solve all your problems the way that you do. And you mostly create problems. Also, it says over and over again, you've never fixed a problem <laughs> <laughs> like over and over again. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like oddly it, it it just totally drags the character of Batman and Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne. But it also like you kind of actually feel empathic towards him a little bit because in the in the Lego movie, he's like kind of a child and he doesn't understand what he's doing. And because the character is essentially a child, you sort of like like, I don't know, your heart kind of goes out to him a little bit because it was it was more emotionally affecting, I think, than any other Batman story I've seen. Like. Damn. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's like really good. Um, Zach Galifianakis is the Joker and the Joker's whole thing is how uh, 
Joker, the Joker's whole thing is about how he he he's doing the Heath Ledger Joker thing. Like, you know, we're, you know, yin and yang, like we belong together, you know, like uh, we're soulmates basically. Mm-hmm. So like Zach Galifianakis is trying to do that Joker thing to Batman, but Batman's like, you're not even my, you're not even my like uh worst villain or whatever. He's like, you mean nothing to me. And it's like this oh, whole relationship snap. allegory. Homoerotic. Uh, uh, very, very much so. And, uh, but not in a, um, not in a homophobic way, I don't think. Um, That's good. Yeah, it, it's super fun. Uh, they end up uh, breaking a bunch of supervillains out of the Phantom Zone, including Sauron, uh, Voldemort, um, Wait, <laughs> and like a bunch of, of Rings? other. Yeah, like a bunch of WB property, like supervillains. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And uh, the Wicked Witch and like uh, and they like have a huge battle and then there's some Lego stuff in it. But yeah, I um, oh, and Michael Sarah plays Robin and uh, it's just a super fun and super funny movie with some great music. And I feel like it's one of the best like artistic responses to uh, and, and depictions of Batman Um yeah, just another one of those times when because something is aimed at kids, it's able to speak certain truths a little better. Mm. I feel like that's a thing in kids movies like mm-hmm. Wreck-It Ralph, uh, the second one and um, uh, the Avatar series, uh, the Last Airbender and Legends of Korra. And like there's something about like good kids movies that make them like or or shows or stories that kind of i feel like make them better (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, um, i just watched the second uh uh, wreck it ralph movie ralph breaks the internet oh yeah yeah did you like it i kind of like the first one better honestly interesting now what did you like about the second one so much again i liked that it's a movie about him feeling in okay it's a good start. Okay. I love movies. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like that he's it's a movie about a man feeling entitled to the exclusivity and um, and uh, like and affection from a, a female and and throwing a complete fit when he doesn't get his way and like even like self-sabotaging himself. It's like all about like um nice guy like like toxic masculinity um mm-hmm. and i think it depicts that really well and then um addresses it really um really thoughtfully mm. and i really appreciated it mm-hmm. so i'm not i'm not just saying that because it's like oh these are the values that i already have so any movie that like addresses them like <laughs> i think is a good movie uh what i'm saying is i was impressed that it dealt with that in in a kids movie um yeah so eloquently uh especially when uh it means a lot to me because like uh right now i have a four-year-old son and he is constantly struggling with this stuff especially around becca and you know we're having conversations all the time like we need to treat the we need to teach Theo how to respect women <laughs> like right yeah. now as he's four, because we already see the difference in the way that he treats Becca to the way he treats me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like this. Yeah. So I just I, I really appreciated it for those reasons. I also thought it was super funny and I liked the uh, general the, the the themes of the jokes about the Internet and like 
and being viral and the generational uh, disparity between um, the two characters, how they represent like older people who are bad at the internet and young people who are just uh, natives to it. Yeah. Um, and I related to that. So that's why I liked it. Why did you like the first one? Um, I did appreciate about the second record Ralph movie that uh, they kind of made the relationship between Ralph and Vanellope kind of blur the lines between romantic friendship and familial where there yeah. were, there were parts of it that could apply to any of them or you could kind of interpret yeah. it in the, the kind of like possessiveness and neediness and codependency. It was like you could, it could be, um, could resonate with or be an allegory for any of those kinds of relationships. I, I did appreciate totally. that. Um, I think the first one was, was more fun. Yeah. And I, right. I really appreciated, um, Ralph's character arc in the first one because it's, it's yeah. so existential. He, he's like, yeah, totally. It, it's all, it's, it's like a Greek tragedy. It's like, this is my nature, but nobody likes it. And, he has to kind of like learn how to deal with um, people shunning him for who he is. And yeah, yeah I, I just, that story to me is, is more compelling. Um, I really, I really liked uh, Alan Tudyk as King Chocula or whatever his name was. Count Candy uh-huh. or whatever. Um, Count Candy. Doesn't he talk like that? Yeah, he does. It's great. Yeah. He sounds just like um, the Mad Hatter from, or, or uh, the who, I forget the actor's name, but he did the Mad Hatter in the animated Alice in Wonderland, and he also was the uncle or the grandfather or whatever in uh, Mary Poppins, the one who's like floating oh. or whatever. Forget how it goes, something like that. Yeah. So the I love to laugh. Yeah, that, I think I think that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So he he uh, basically does an impression of that. Um. Yeah, which is not to say I didn't didn't like the second one. I just, I watched, I did the the thing again where I watched one, one night and then the other, the next night. Um, and I just kind of preferred the first one. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh boy. It's, it's, we've been going a while. Yeah. It's um, been a good half an hour. We spent yeah. the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes doing discord stuff, but <laughs> it was very discordant. Yeah. Um, should we, do we have time for me to, to reach inside my box? <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. I think, I think, I think if we can, if we can transfer over in 10 minutes, that would be great. Okay, great. Um, let's see. Cause we've been doing more like hour episodes lately, right? Yeah. Last one was less than an hour. Well, yeah. <laughs> nice. I thought it was good though. It felt like this amount of time that it needed to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't think we yeah. overstayed our welcome. Um, I'm trying to figure out what I should talk about. I think I might talk about. Did you ever, I'll talk about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and the oh. most recent season finale. Um, what do you mean the most recent, oh, season finale. Is it still going? Yeah. Yeah, dude. You didn't know it's still going? No, I mean, I've never watched it. I think I watched one episode while it was on TV at my parents' house uh, uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. That's funny that I never forced you to watch it even when we, I don't think I, I, I always started watching it after we left Philly anyway. So. Is it good? Well, <laughs> is it quintessentially Philadelphia? Not really. It's more, it's, um, okay. So the way the, the show starts out, it starts out as like a kind of a, a normalish sitcom. Um, there's this one early episode where one of the plot points is that 
Charlie gets along with black people and Mac doesn't because Mac is like coming on too strong and is like trying to ingratiate himself with them. And it, there's like, Oh no. And so it's, it's like, it's like sort of plays on racial uncomfortableness and stuff. Um, and that's in the first season, but throughout it's, it's in the 13th or 14th season now. And it's been kind of a constant degradation of the characters. They've been getting worse and worse. Um, some of them have been huffing more and more paint and becoming more and more feral. Um, and, uh, most people describe it as a show about the worst people and just like nihilistically backstabbing each other and fucking up everyone's <laughs> lives and stuff. And that's, right. that's a lot of what the show is. And, um, they, they have this interesting dynamic between the characters where one character will be completely psychotic in one area. And so the other characters will call them on it, but the other characters have their own domains of psychopathy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that, that can be kind of fun. And there's some like just exuberant, uh, nihilistic chaos that happens in, in some of the episodes. It's pretty enjoyable to see. There's this one episode where they play this game called, uh, Chardy McDennis. It's kind of like a Calvin ball set in a bar where you have to drink in every round. Um, <laughs> but it's also a board game sort of, it's pretty great. Uh-huh. Um, Yeah. But they did this really interesting thing in their most recent season. Um, first of all, the guy who plays Dennis, Glenn Howerton, was not in about half of the season because he spent a lot of time working on a show called AP Bio, uh, which you hmm. may have heard of. Sounds familiar. Yeah. And then so they, they had various ways of dealing with his absence. Um, but in the spirit of change, one of the characters played by uh, Rob McElhenney, who is like the main showrunner named Mac. His character is named Mac. Uh, He comes out as gay. And this is a character who has been, he's like one of his main jokes of his character is his suppressed homosexuality. And so he'll like, he's highly religious, grew up Catholic. And then he'll just say, it's kind of like, I blew myself that, that dynamic of, they they're constantly making these verbal slip ups and Freudian slips that indicate that they're gay, but they won't admit it to themselves. That kind of thing is I blew myself for, is that an arrested development? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. But it's, gotcha. it's, it's a very similar dynamic for this character. Yeah. Um, but in this most recent season, uh, Mac actually decides that he is gay. And huh. the very last episode of the season is called Mac finds his pride. And, um, it involves the plot of they're trying to stage a, a float in a gay pride parade, the bar that they all work at. And it's, yeah. it's a cynical cash grab of trying to bring in like wealthy middle upper middle-class gay customers. And so everyone's just like, we got to set up this float. So we need Mac to dance on the float. He needs to be like an authentic gay. We can't just have one of the straight people dancing that they'll know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So th- it's like this weird cynical cash grab and Mac ends up, spoilers here but mac ends up not dancing on the float and instead he goes and visits his dad in prison to come out to his dad and the first interaction does not go well because he uh does not he's trying to couch it in a sort of metaphor to come out to his dad and then his dad thinks that it means that uh mac got a girl pregnant and so his dad's like i'm gonna be a grandfather and he's like celebrating and stuff so he has to go back and uh, one of the characters, Frank, played by Danny DeVito, 
uh, who is one of the more feral and nihilistic characters. He ends up encouraging Mac to come out to his dad in his own way. Um, so up to this point, it's been a fairly normal. It's always sunny in, in Philadelphia episode. Very like uh, nihilistic, awful people doing terrible things kind of comedy. Um, right. But at the very end, there is a five to ten minute scene that's filmed completely differently. And it involves hmm. Mac on stage at the prison performing for prisoners doing an interpretive dance of how he feels about his own identity and his own sexuality, like his, his gayness and his um, what that means for his religiosity. And so there's huh. this, this female dancer who is, I think it, it sort of like blurs the lines between sometimes she's kind of like a God character. Sometimes she represents a part of his personality. He's divorced from himself, but they go through this extended dance sequence, interpretive dance with like rain coming down on them. And it's filmed in a totally different style than the rest of the t- TV show. And it's a hundred percent sincere. And then it ends right as the dance ends. That's the end of the season. And it's an, it's a like very bold choice for a show that I don't think has ever done anything sincere before. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, so they, they treated his identity and his, his uh, sexuality, his homosexuality as kind of a, a joke about how he wasn't being honest with himself. But when they, um, when he starts to resolve that, instead of making that into like a jokey process, they treat it with this utmost respect. And interesting. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciated it. It was, it was very powerful to watch, especially having seen every episode. I wonder if they're trying to like atone for, just years of making that hacky joke of like, Oh, this guy doesn't know he's gay. What a dummy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, if that joke is always hacky, I probably described it as if it were hacky, but it's not, not, I don't think it's that bad. The way I don't think the the way they make the joke is, is necessarily hacky. Maybe sometimes it is. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's often for his character throughout the seasons. It has often been, a combination of like his weird religious upbringing with his self uh, delusion um, yeah. in many, many areas. So there's, there's like episodes where he goes on screeds about how God made the world in seven days and mm-hmm. um, there's climate change isn't real. And like he, he goes off on these screeds a lot of the time. Um, so, yeah, but I do think it, I do think it, it, it demonstrates that they are trying to be respectful about a character who is um, finally reconciling their identity. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. So I I don't, I don't know if it would be as impactful if one did not watch all the episodes of, if it's always right, but having seen them all (laughs) and having been with these characters for 13 or 14 seasons over many years, it was very powerful. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Good boxes. Good boxing all right so let's do the thing where we close it now that's close of the box <laughs> uh I, let me go get eat a cookie real quick oh i'll One let second. you